It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome, this is XS Manchester and the Manchester Football Social. This is the Wednesday Club with Alex Boardman, hello Alex. Hi. And Ian Cheeseman, hello Ian. You alright? Yeah, well I'm very well. We're pre-recording this. a bit though, aren't you? <laughs> I know, I had to run here because it was late. Right, we're pre-recording the show today because uh, Manchester City are in action tonight and Ian, uh, you know, takes. you like to have your rituals before the game. Well, I, your two hour long massages. The vlog, so I won't mention that, but that's what I'll be doing. Doing the vlogs before the game. So we're in the studio nice and early. We're pre recording the uh, the show. So don't get in contact. Um, you can tweet us your messages of love and support. Obviously, can always come. Ring that number. You know the new phone. Yeah, the new phone. I just checked and we got nothing. We got absolutely. I've not. never even heard this number oh, given Alex, out. Alex, you're in for a treat. <laughs> no, listen, this is the last week's show. I give it out. Anyway, this is Wednesday Club, uh, and today we're going to be talking about Manchester United and Manchester City, both in action in the Champions League. It's returned. It returned quite uh, well last night with a bang. Uh, yeah. Tottenham and Liverpool both in action. Not as good a uh, result for Tottenham as for Liverpool. Did you watch both games, Ian? I watched uh, some of the Liverpool game, but I, I was here doing uh, Forever Blue when the Tottenham game was on, so I couldn't watch that. Well, firstly, it's awesome having a match at 5-6. to six. And then eight o'clock. Do you like that? Do you like, what are you talking you about? Do you like it's fantastic. <laughs> As a comedian, yeah, but I mean, we, I mean, we would be on air sometimes, wouldn't we? Yeah, we would. Well, we'll just have to pre-record. It's amazing. <laughs> the, what, the only thing that could make it better is if they had a match at two and a match at four. So you could watch just the full, like, what would that be? Yeah. Six hours of football. of football. So it was great. Tottenham um, were, were all right. Yeah. They deserved more, but Inter Milan just kind of steamrolled them the last five minutes. Are they any good Inter Milan? Has it been not that great? Not so good they for were years, have they? no, they were really poor, um, except for the last ten minutes when they when they went down and the crowd the crowd turned so quickly and like Italian crowd. Yeah, yeah they like were just Italian. they were booing like throw-ins and like players <laughs> were not picking them up. You know, this was on about sixty minutes, um, and then Icardi scored an absolute peach of a goal, and then the it was it was like one of those writing on the wall moments where you go, Tottenham are going to lose this. And yeah, yeah and whoever, it happened. Yeah, whatever that young midfielder's called, he was defending on the post and didn't get off the post. It's called Wicks or something. Can't remember. Yeah, and then, Winks. Winks, that's it, yeah. And then, did you watch the Liverpool match? I watched some of it, and I must admit, this is my analysis of it, um, I thought both teams look, uh, didn't look as good as I thought no. they'd be. 
No. I thought, I thought Paris Saint-Germain were terrible, particularly in that second half. They were terrible. Yeah. They had no one picking themselves up, no one gearing the, the players when they made the mistakes. They you know, when I'm th- looking at it now, though, honestly, come on, both of you two tell me that I'm wrong. Please tell me that I'm no, wrong. No, no, you, I'm not well, you are wrong on most things. <laughs> but. but I'm looking at Neymar and I'm looking at Mbappe and I'm thinking practically 200 million quid, quid each. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why? Well, why? I don't know to what. be fair to Mbappe, the way he played in the World Cup, the balls they were giving him, like he's on the halfway line, isolated against the fullback, and they're just launching it 40 yards in front of him. He's got a leg it. It's point, absolutely pointless. And Neymar just didn't what bothered, what, did he? What about last night, though? Well, last night, uh, in Paris Saint-Germain's defence, the only they've got one player out of the front six that wins the ball when he wasn't playing. That's Verratti. He's the only one who actually does the dog work. And everybody else is like one of those luxury, like Di Maria, luxury player. All the front three luxury players. Marquinhos, is he the other midfielder? Yeah, yeah. He did now. And um, you just think... I think Paris Saint-Germain are a lot better than that. I think they'll surprise somebody and they'll just turn around and be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're favourites again. Not so, on the evidence of last night. No, not on the evidence. What do you make of Liverpool then? Did you just say you think they're not as, not as good well, as you I'm thought? Well, I'm not saying they're not good. Of course they are good. And uh, But, you know, they weren't firing really last night. And I suppose what they were doing, seeing that Paris Saint-Germain were just holding the game and walking about, mm. didn't seem to be <laughs> interested, uh, especially at 2-1. You know, you thought, have they given up already? They just put the white flag up. <laughs> it the did look like you know, uh, but and then suddenly they get a goal, which sort of came from nothing. Yeah. And and then there was another gear. So on that basis, you've got to look at Liverpool and think, well, yeah, they are the deal. And and, and I've got to be honest at the moment, as we sit here and there'll be City fans who don't agree with what I'm saying now. Um, I do look at Liverpool and I think, you know what, they could win the league this year. They could win the Champions League this year. They do look very, very good. Now, obviously, the weakness to that is that if they get key injuries, mm. uh, they're probably more vulnerable than others are because they do rely on individual talent. But at the moment, I've got to say, even though that last night wasn't necessarily mm. impressive, they do generally look very impressive. Right, so never, ever am I going to say Liverpool will win, <laughs> win anything. I understand. I don't even want them to win the toss when you play. <laughs> but um, I totally disagree. I don't think that. I think... I they not. Right. I, so I don't you're think, right, Alex. You don't think Liverpool? Liverpool no. look good. No, Liverpool look good, but look at some of the other evidence. Look as soon as, um, well, Firmino didn't start, did he? So he's on the bench, and his his replacement Sterling. There isn't really a Salah replacement. There isn't a Mane replacement. I suppose they put Shakiri on. Uh, did, did you, can we just backtrack a bit? Sterling was his replacement. Storage. Sturridge, sorry, sorry. <laughs> what did I say, Sterling? Sorry. Yeah, Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> well, they're both ex- he's an ex-City player, wasn't he? But um, I, ju- I just don't see the depth, and it's the same in every single position. They've got a massive six games coming up as well. The first hurdle was Paris Saint-Germain. They played Chelsea twice, I think. They've got, um, I can't remember, there's, there's, a, there's six massive games in about three weeks. Well, they've got City coming up actually in three league games from There now. you go. And I reckon if we'd, even three, four weeks' time, if we're still going, wow, they've passed all that test. Bear in mind, it's really early in the season. Come winter, come injuries. I honestly, I don't see it from Liverpool. I think Chelsea are a bigger threat for the league. And. I don't know. Did you see Barcelona last night? Oh, <laughs> I didn't, but you know, four nil. Wow. And they were not. A, they were a decent team. They played as well. They were quite good. But uh, PSV wasn't it? But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Don't ever say Liverpool. Liverpool won't win anything. It's been a couple of weeks since you've been on the on the show, Alex. Um, United have gone through a, an up and down time since you've been on. Yeah. Um, going into the Champions League, when you've seen the talents on display. 
from other teams. How confident are you that United could do something? Pretty, champ- pretty, pretty <laughs> confident <laughs> we can do He's very never well. going to say. He's not, is he? gonna... I know, but Alex, I mean, do you I, really think? I think we'll probably get to the final. <laughs> 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 no, do you know what? Um, they weren't that bad against Tottenham, and the three 0 really flattered Tottenham. It was like, a, a, but they've so turned a corner since then, and we finally, finally started playing as a team. And I know you could say oh, it's only Burnley. There was a lot of pressure on that game, and then Watford away is a test because they're a decent side mm-hmm. now. Uh, we've got Wolves on Saturday, um, Burn tonight. Young boys are Burn. Who knows? They're top of the Swiss league, so that won't be as easy as you think. But the just looks for the first time in. Well, since Ferguson, really, like it's a team that's gone. Look, we're all together now. We're not. We're just going to fight for everything. So I think that kind of team historically always does well in the Champions League. Always. And so you you do look at the, uh, the Inter group. Milan, Leverkusen. There's lots of in the last ten years. Even Liverpool last year get to the final and stuff. I think if with that spirit, you can go a long way in a knockout competition. Do you worry the spirit is is up and down? Do you think the spirit? No, is still I think gonna... I think the spirit's fine. I think everybody, key players like Matic weren't available in the first couple of matches. Um, I think we really missed him. I think the defense is a problem, but he seems to have fixed that by dropping Fellaini back. Um, so Fellaini's your star man now. Fellaini's been fantastic. How do you see Fellaini in, in the actual sort of what running were you of the about season? Fellaini like a year ago or something. Oh, I, hate, I hated him. Hated him. <laughs> hated him. But I hated the way we because it made us play because he was playing as like an ancillary centre forward. So it just made us every time he came on, it's just whoever got the ball in the halfway line just lofted it up to Fellaini. Um, but him playing in that position, which apparently is where he started his career before he joined Everton, he was a defensive midfielder, and he just he's covering so well. He's he's making really intelligent decisions. He's brought some composure to Smalling and Lindelof, which you know anybody that can do that, well done. <laughs> so uh, he's he's like a key man. Love him. Love him. He loves him. Uh, <laughs> love what Fellaini. do you think, Ian? Uh, looking out over uh, to City and what what they can do in the Champions League this year. Um, decent group for City. Um, you'll be travelling about, I'm sure. Um, a real time for them to to sort of make a mark in the Champions League. But there's a lot of pressure on City to do well. Yeah, there is. There's a, a huge amount of pressure to do well. Um, this is the the holy grail, you could say now, for City to win the Champions League. Um, they've they've got to one semi final so far under Manuel Pellegrini. When frankly they were a bit tepid at Real Madrid when they mm-hmm. might have gone through and Gareth. Um, um, Gareth, Barry? Bar- no, uh, Gareth at Real Madrid. Bale? Bale scored oh, right. the goal, yeah, which was sort of deflected or something. Hmm. I don't know why that went out of my mind hmm. then. Perhaps a just selective memory wanted to forget <laughs> it. <clears throat> but the cup, there are cup competitions, and I think personally that Pep Guardiola's style suits leagues better than it suits cups. Um, I think over a, thir- over a you know 38-game season... The, the way that they play, which is to outpass and out out manoeuvre the opposition, means that you can have a level of consistency that means that you win practically all of your games. You lose one now and again, but in the in the grand shape of things you become very, very consistent. Which is why looking at Liverpool at the moment and the start that they've made is slightly worrying because if they become consistent, then that becomes a, a real rival and in the past, you haven't. You've only needed to get sort of eighty odd points to win the Premier League, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And now City raised the bar to a hundred. In the cup, it's different. And if you look at Pep Guardiola's record in the, you know, either with uh, well, particularly with Bayern Munich, they were heavily beaten in a couple of 
uh, games because they were one-off games and teams get them up for one-off games. You saw in the derby last year when United came back at half-time because of the thing that you're talking about, Alex, bringing a, a sort of togetherness. Yeah, and a, passion. Liverpool beat them three out of four. Absolutely. So, so that, to me, is a little bit of a worry. So on paper, City, certainly through the group stage, I expect them to progress fairly comfortably. But once it gets to the latter end of the, the Cups, I think they've got to show a bit more pra- pragmatism, actually, and be prepared occasionally to defend. And I mm. love this expansive football, don't get me wrong. But the one weakness that City have got, in my opinion, is this sort of, you know, let's just play a bit ugly here and actually defend and actually waste a bit of time and do all this sort of stuff which United can do, United Liverpool can, can do, do. Yeah. other teams can do. Real Madrid did it uh, at times, but that's probably the one weakness that I would identify as City. I also wonder if City are really, really good against average teams, when yeah, the way are. that they play, you're they're right. great. You're right. And then when, because United in that second half, at main, not main road, at the Etihad, Etihad <laughs> um, passed it well and, and attacked as, en masse. Liverpool kind of broke and chased the ball down and stuff. And a lot of the teams, with the exception of Wolves this year, won't won't ever attempt to press. City will barely attack. You're They'll right. hopefully just lump it forward. If we get a corner, that's the best chance we'll get. And um, I, I wonder if that's... I, I, they don't need... It's not fair to say City need an extra gear because they don't. But like you say, did it, there's got to be a plan B or maybe it's a plan C. It's when, a wonderful plan A, but there does yeah. need to be a plan B. There, there does. does need to be... A Fellaini. Yeah. You know, as long as, as, uh, even though I'm not a Fellaini fan and I'm reluctant to admit it, it does need to be something like... It's all right having beautiful football. And, and the fact is, nine times out of ten, 19 times out of 20, whatever the statistics are, yeah. that is wonderful, wonderful to watch. But you have to be prepared sometimes to do the, the dirty side of it. I'm not saying they're not, they're not competitive and, and they don't battle, but there's just, there's just something... That you yeah. need to to, to be yeah. to win them big cup games, particularly. What is Pep's plan B? Do you think? Have you seen it? I honestly don't think there is one at the moment. I mean, that's not being me being disrespectful to Pep because I'm a big fan of his. But I, I, I don't think throughout his career that's the way he wants his teams to mm-hmm. play. And I love that philosophy, and I love the fact that that that's the way he wants to do it. And also, and I'll tell you this now, as a City fan, even though I want him to win the Champions League and I want him to win every trophy, just like every fan does. Watching this, to me, watching the way they play in nine games out of ten is worth it for me. And if City don't actually do what they want to do and win all these trophies, me personally, as a fan, I don't mind because I'm just loving what I'm watching. But there will be people within the club and there will be a certain section of the support who say, that's not good enough. And obviously the media are going to hone in on this and want Mm. to beat City over the head if they don't win the Champions League and if they don't win... Cup competition, so Gower dice in for the semi. <laughs> <laughs> what a centre half! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that um, there is? Is there any envy with what City are playing at the minute? This no, year, there's not. But not are you at happy all. with? Not uh, happy with it. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. Not envious. <laughs> don't you care? Because I've seen what I've what I would consider the most perfect football I've seen in forty years of watching United was kind of Moyes. Oh God, that was horrific. <laughs> that was a, that was amazing to take it the credit he deserves from the rest of the league for taking a team of champions and just destroying them within half a season was it was Fellaini incredible. In, though. Yeah. You start well, man. Fellaini's, Fellaini's actually coming coming to the fore. But the the style of football I watch and I mo- most liked 
was when we had Cole and York off front and you bring Sheringham and Solskjaer on or swap them around all games and it was just 4-4-2 and it was exciting. You were still allowed to tackle just. It was the back end of being allowed to tackle. So Keane was flying into stuff. Skulls was flying into tackles and... I've, I'm not sure I'll ever... If you were to say to me, right, United could be put, could be playing like City on now and beating teams 4-0 and having 80% possession of the ball, I'd be like, nah, don't want it. Ninety That 98-99, that's the peak period for me that what I've seen. And p- presumably in another 20 years, City fans that are you know younger now will look back and go, God, that team doesn't have to yeah. be the best. You don't have to win everything to have your favourite team. Some of my favourite United teams were like 80s teams with Norman Whiteside in, mm-hmm. Paul McGrath, Brian Robson, and they'd go and like lose 2-0 away at Derby and then they'd come and they'd go to Anfield and beat Liverpool like 2-1. And But they just played with something, whether it's a bit of flair, a bit of heart. And Before this era, Kevin Keegan's City was my favourite team. Yeah, you used team. to say that. They never won anything under that. No. Under no. Oh, well, they got promoted, but they never actually won anything. But I still love it. Still yeah. look back fondly on that. Yeah, and I wouldn't, you know, I'd, if I could swap modern United and just watch that old 80s over and United and over and for over a week. And over again. Well, no, just even channel. just for once. I do, that's why I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're going to take a little break. Coming up, we're, going to, we're hearing from uh, Rennie Mullenstein, who came into the uh, show last oh, Thursday. I heard I'm going that. to play he was a little great, clip yeah. um, that, that really just talks and talks about what we just talked about then the United way. And I'm going to ask you about, is is the United way gone? And I also want to talk about captains as well, because Rene mentioned that he doesn't uh, think captains necessarily have such a strong place in the game, the modern game. Um, and I'd love to know maybe your favourite captains. Uh, so you can you can tweet us, but we won't be able to read it out because we're pre-recorded. Your favourite captains you've ever seen. And do you believe that yet yeah, the captains still have their place in the modern game of football? We're not having any games this week. Oh, yeah, I've got a yellow card game coming up. Who's got got the most yellow cards? All right, this is the Wednesday Club. We'll be right back after this. Hello and welcome back to the Wednesday Club with me, John McGrath, Alex Boardman and Ian Cheeseman. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, are are we all doing well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, all doing good. Uh, you just made me a brew. So. Yeah. Oh, lovely. The goings on that happens after the uh, during the break. Right, Rennie Wollenstein was in, uh, obviously, a former United first team coach. I've got a clip here I want to play you uh, talking about the United way. And then I want to obviously speak to you, uh, Alex. And we mentioned it a bit before about mm. the United way. And is it something that we could get back? Here is what Rennie had to say when he came into uh, the football social last Thursday. This is, oh, sorry, full time devils have done the little. I'll cut this bit out. There's a lot of talk about the Manchester United way and all of that. Now, at your time at the club, you, you obviously worked with the youth teams initially um, and you would have had a big part in training those guys and coaching those guys to how the first team would like them to play. Um, what was the message from above you in terms of Sir Alex Ferguson in terms of you implementing a style of play with the, the younger players or even when you moved to the first team? It was, it was, it was very, uh, very clear, Adam. I can still remember... The day that, um, or the time that McFeelan was promoted to uh, assistant manager, me as first team coach, and I'm sure that the manager had a, a personal work with, with Mick as well, but he brought me in his office and he had his flip charts lined out and written all things on it. And, and basically he said to me, listen, Rene, I just want to talk to you a little bit about, so we're all in a one page with regards to what I want. Um, <clears throat> but the main thing was when we go to the sort of the attacking side of things, and he says, if I, if I close my eyes... This is what I want want to see. This is what I can visualise <clears throat> with United. When we attack, I want us to attack with pace, power, penetration and unpredictability. And that is what I want you 
and the staff to instill in the team every single day, no matter what you do. So those elements were coming back all the time. You know, pace, power, sp speed, speed of play, you know what I mean? And if you look back to the games, and obviously some, some games you executed better than others, but overall that was the theme and the players knew so it. So was it, you weren't told you have to play this formation, it was more no. an attitude of the player. Yeah, no, we were very flexible in our sort of systems. You now if you look at it, yes, we played, you know, 4-3-3 or 4-1-4-1, whatever it was. It was not that. It was about, football was all about utilising weaknesses of opposition, utilising the right spaces, breaking lines, getting behind the back four, creating chances to score goals. We looked at the things. In the defensive side, people knew exactly their jobs. Very clearly, there was no excuse. If we press high, we press high. If we press in the middle, we press in the middle. If we drop and go compact, nothing. But going forward, it was by, by far more free-flowing. We showed them the options, but the manager was very, very big on the players to express themselves. You know what I mean? And we had the players to do it. And that creates that level of unpredictability. If you So I'm just bringing that clip for you there, and it was yeah. uh, Rene, and he was talking very clearly about Sir Alex Ferguson's, what Sir Alex Ferguson wanted to achieve when he was Manchester United. And Manchester United, in them in them stages, I think uh, Rene was there from 2007 to 2013, so six years. And in that time, there was many Premier Leagues and even a Champions League. He talked about that was what Sir Alex Ferguson closed his eyes and said, this is the United way. I see in Pep Guardiola's Manchester City side that when Pep closes his eyes, he has a certain football that he wants to play. I think what's missing at the minute from Jose Mourinho is I don't know if he closes his eyes. He knows what kind of play he wants to see. I don't know if he's having that chat with the first team coaches and going, I want to attack like this. Because every game's a bit different. Mm, what every... do you see when you see United now? Do you think there is a United way at the minute? Currently? Well, do you know what? Just look at the last two games. Look at look at the Burnley. The way they played against Watford. Some great movement, lots of one-touch football. The ball's going forward really, really quickly. The defenders are not messing about. So I think the, I think Mourinho's definitely got a style of play that's changed this season to what we've seen before. Um, but it, I, as to how that translates, looking back to, you know, the Mullenstein, Ferguson, you know, he's, he's not got the same level of players. He's just, it's all right to go, this is what I want. I want to shut my eyes. And I want to see Ryan Giggs flying down that left wing. Or, you know, and Guardiola can do the same thing with Sané. Um, he's only just started playing him. Uh, but who have you got? You've got what, do you, what do you do with Sanchez? And he's your best option on that left wing. He's, he had his best game possibly against Watford. But it's no good saying, right, I want Sanchez to get the ball and just be unpredictable and fly. Because he's always just going to check back on his right foot. Matter on the right wing. He's, he's about as fast as me. He's never going to be steaming past players. That was a player he inherited. Lukaku's got the pace, the unpredictability, the power. It's fine, but he's your number one option for the reason that he's like the only consistent, decent goal-scoring threat, and the only player that plays well week in, week out. So this is probably the right way to say this. It, it's, it should be taken as read <laughs> that <laughs> that power, pace, and all the rest yeah. of it is there. But the key word, and you've repeated it twice in what you just said, then Alex, is unpredictability. Yeah, that's the thing that makes a player special, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it, not knowing what they're going to do and them not knowing and varying what they're doing. So you've picked out Sanchez. I could pick out at the moment Mares for City, yeah. who's coming from Leicester and, and who's obviously feeling his way. And, and he is very predictable. And when Raheem Sterling first came in at City, he was probably a bit predictable too. But he's become less predictable because that is the difference. You know, we, we talked before about Paris Saint-Germain playing at Liverpool 
And I looked at Mbappe and I looked at Neymar in that game and I've said I didn't think they played mm. well because everything they did was predictable. It was. Even though they're talented. Although the, t- the two instances of Neymar, where there was one bit where he dropped the shoulder and went, and went in and, and nearly scored and then he made the goal in the second half. And it's just that, a player that can play really badly yet do something. Um, and then, but, but do you want, and as, particularly as a United fan, because the, the question is obviously about the United style of play, um, and, and you might not even um, see where I'm going with this, but Shevchenko, when he played in Italy particularly, yeah. and he came to he Chelsea was terrible later. At Chelsea, yeah, we... yeah but, but what he had was maybe, in a game, one moment of unpredictability. Yeah. So, so you, you know, you say Neymar did that against Liverpool. But as, a, as an English football fan, and for you as a United fan... You don't want to watch a player who drifts through a game, does everything, and does just produces no. one bit of match. You want it sustainable, don't you? Well, I always feel with United this argument, and it's kind of like a, it feels like a fanboy sort of argument. And then the next question is, who's the player that could do that? And it's Martial. But Martial again came on. If you've seen Martial in the flesh, if you watch Martial on telly, and you go, "Wow, he can beat anyone. Oh, he can do this. He's great." If you go and watch him at a grind and see him amble about and he, he body language just looks like he's sulking. Mentally, I'd question he's ever ready and I don't know if you can get him ready because it's been a couple of managers now really try and get the best out of him and you just can't rely on him. But he can beat anyone on either side. He's very strong. He's very, very quick when he's playing well. But if he loses, if he tries to take somebody on and loses it, he'll hide for the next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's... Let me ask you about this, this player then. Memphis Depay, he's going to play for almost yeah, certainly yeah. for Leon against City. And he was a player who was brought in like that. Uh, I mean, obviously, there have been different managers. I'm, I'm guessing he, he was there under Van Gaal. He was there he? under Van Gaal. And, and he'd gone before Mourinho came in. He had, and he was also young as well. I think he was about 21. There was a, there was a, something in the paper about him this week that well, Rooney that, said. Pra- perhaps the, the question is more aimed then at the Van Gaal era, but was he being shackled? Was that unpredictability yeah. being coached out no, of him? No, he was awful. He was awful. Well, he, he had two he, good games. He had a good game against Liverpool, Old Trafford, and he had another game in the Cup But maybe you have Tuesday. to look at the fact that you bring, the, United are bringing in these players that have done well in other clubs, and when they come to United, they fail. Sanchez isn't doing well. Depay wasn't doing very good at the, at, Mkhitaryan, at the time. Mkhitaryan, Di Maria, so maybe, if you're not thought about maybe, maybe it is United. Well, no, because then the, the if you were to go at United, you'd say, what about um, Jesse Lingard, who's just gone all the way? That's United. That's a player that you've had since he was about eight, nine, ten. Same with Danny Welbeck when he when he came through. I think they were about a couple of years apart. Um, I, I don't know what I don't know who's been making these decisions to keep bringing in this like this is a banner player. This is a sixty-five million player. This is. You know the the players that come and they they're not a perfect player. You go Di Maria. What he had he was man of the match in the Champions League for Madrid when he came to United. Mm-hmm. He, he played one of the best ninety minutes of football you've ever seen. But you're like, what? Where's where does he play? Where do, it, it's very different when you've got to complement Ronaldo, who was kind of playing as a centre forward, stroke right winger, stroke coming in off the left. We didn't have anybody like that. Falcao had, had a horrific knee injury. Brilliant two years before he got injured. Then. It's like, oh, roll the dice with him. Ibrahimovic, great player in that first season for United, but a bit past it. Same with Schweinsteiger. And that's all, really, I think, the collapse of Ferguson leaving and new manager, another new manager. Now we're on the third manager. That's why we've got to stick with Marino because there are signs that these things are being repaired. What he's done with Luke Shaw this season looks fantastic. 
Mullenstein said in that interview, though, didn't he, that when he was explaining Fergie's philosophy, mm-hmm. you know, that he that there was an element in it. I forget, forget the exact phrase, but it was something along the lines of um, he still wanted them to express themselves. Yeah, and that I suppose is the core, and that's what yeah. you were asking, it Joe, wasn't it, as to whether those players have been restricted from expressing themselves Possibly. Under, under the management. But it all starts on what else Muenstein said in that interview, that's not easy to say, um, <laughs> was that all the defenders knew the job. And Ferguson's, all of Ferguson's teams, like when I first was going to Old Trafford and he, he took over and we'd got Paul McGuire, he's still probably my favourite ever centre-half that I've seen. He could do everything. And he he replaced him with Steve Bruce, who had got these stick legs, he'd got a big barrel body, he put his head anywhere and he just looked like he was tripping over the ball all the time. Then you watch Steve, why is Steve Bruce taking penalties? This isn't on. Why is Steve Bruce taking all the free kicks and not McGrath, not Whiteside and stuff? And it was more of an attitude and then he puts Pallister with him. And all the way through he had these great pairings at, at centre-back. We don't have that. And I still firmly believe that once you've got a solid defence, then everything else can take care of itself. But... We just we just don't have that, and he's got to prioritise, and that's the thing. That's the priority. Uh, for uh, other th- other stuff, when I said in that interview, uh, we mentioned captains, and I brought up the fact that I don't think United have a good, good captain anymore. And then he mentioned that the, the the play and football has changed since when he was obviously in charge of United and captains necessarily haven't become a big thing at, at the club. You don't really need the leaders anymore. Um, just because of the way the game has changed and moved on, and I still. Ag- Disagree slightly. I do. You know, I watched Tottenham the other, the other night. I watched Tottenham a couple of times recently. And the thing that screams out to me, because they've got talent, is that they're like leaders. Yeah. They're like leaders on the pitch. They haven't got that, that you know, to use a United example, Roy Keane. Mm. To use a City example, Vincent Company. They haven't got one of those powerful leaders within the team. Now, admittedly, football's not the same as cricket, where the... The captain is sort of all-encompassing. Yeah, just tactics, you know, decides he's bowling. It isn't that, you no. know. And obviously, we, we do look these days much more than ever before to the managers to be the captain, effectively. Even when they're on the touchline, what they're shouting about and everything. But everything's about leader, which is sort of undermined the role of a captain. Mm-hmm. But I still think you need strong captains. And City's strongest captains, I mean, you know, you, you're going to ask me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, is, what is, do you I, think I, he's I, captain at the minute? Is he still company? Vincent but he, company, he but play every week, When he's he? not playing, I mean, David Silver's worn the armband and, yeah. and you think, well, much as I love David Silver, yeah. he's not a captain. You know, it does need somebody with, with a voice who, who is shouting out. But actually, as much as anything now, what the captain does off the field, so Vincent company, this might seem a, a relatively trivial example, but, you know, the, the two uh, ladies that were 102 mm. and 98 went... It was Vincent Company, the captain, who went to their house and showed the leadership of yeah, the players yeah. off the field. I know that historically, down the years, Company has been in situations where City have been a bit backs to the wall. The 2012, when they lost to Arsenal and it looked like the title was going to go to United... And and it was Vincent Company, from everything I understand, who stood up in the dressing room and did a Churchillian type speech and said, and this this will sound controversial, despite Mancini and despite the fact that we don't particularly like him, which seemed to be the mood among the players at that time, let's go and win it for ourselves. Now mm. I can't prove that. And if Vincent Company came on, he'd say, I'm, No, I'm not admitting to that. That's what I've heard. And but whether it's myth or whether it's fact, that's what you want, isn't it? You need yeah, yeah. somebody who is a leader 
So to me, it'd be Tony Buck back in the day, mm -hmm. who's been a leader since then. He's been a manager. He's been a coach. He's fulfilled every role a, a, a leader needs to fulfil. Vincent Company, the modern day hero, and Andy Morrison in the depths of League Two when they were right up against it and they needed somebody to pick them up by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, yeah. It was Andy Morrison who did it. I think that's what people. I think it is that sort of pick them up by the scruff of the neck captain that people see. So you've got Keane. For me, Robson was the absolute pinnacle because he was in a much worse team when tackles used to fly in at knee height and United used to put, there was like three blades of grass on Old Trafford and he was brilliant. Um, I can't really remember much about Martin Bucking apart from he was one of my first favourite players and then he stopped. Um, so those were all examples though of like the proper leader. But then, you know, United had Cantona at captain for a while and he was... The, the captains can be anything, can't they? De Gea is probably our best player, our genuine world-class player. Could he be captain? Yes. Is he quiet? Yeah. Would you want him as captain? Probably not. Valencia never doesn't say boo yeah, to a This goose. is the thing, Valencia as captain for yeah. Manchester United, they don't see it. But he, you don't know what he trains like. He might be the absolute model professional. I'd imagine he is because he's been picked now by a lot of different managers. Four different managers, always the first name on the team sheet. I'd say Ashley Young has got those similar qualities. But is he, are, are the, you know, Luke Shaw, will he get the position from Ashley Young? So you can't have your captain as a reserve, can you? You've identified Lingard, and I agree with yeah, you yeah, looking from the outside. Because he, he, it seemed to me to embody the spirit of United a little bit at the moment. Would he be the right man as captain? Well, Good he's, question. he's a lot of fun. He's great personality and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't like him, by the I way. I love him. So no. As a blue. <laughs> well, but, but that actually is better for you, isn't I it? I would imagine he will rub everyone's nose up the wrong way if you if you don't support United, except for the World Cup where we had a really good World Cup. Um, the the one player that stands out to me as, as the, the true captain of United at the minute is Lukaku. Everything about his attitude... The way he turns up and put, he just always puts a really good shift in against Watford. The last sort of five minutes with two one up, he tracks back sixty yards after he's been playing up front on his own and makes a tackle where a right back would. He'd be my captain of what choice. What about at the a minute. stroke of genius and making hey, the man of the moment? You know, you know where I'm no, going I with this. Fellaini is captain. Well, here's, the, here's so. the other thing. The last I was watching it on telly, I wasn't at the match, but Watford away. United are winning 2-1. There's three minutes left. The ball goes out for a corner. Fellaini's in every single defender's face. That's the captain. Going, you mark this, oh, you do I, that, you do this. Is there, is, is there a lot of water going under the bridge already? You're reluctant, with the Joe, aren't you? Yeah. I'm reluctant to, to put <laughs> all of our one. eggs in the Fellaini <laughs> basket. I do agree with you, though. I do agree. He's done well. But what I'm trying to get across is, you know, if we say he's captain, then that's a big commitment. Well, it's more attitude. Steve Bruce was, was probably the ninth, 10th or 11th worst player on in a United shirt on the pitch at any one point. And he was nearly always the best attitude. Bruce was captain when they had Ince and they had Robson still there and they had Roy Keane. And it's about attitude. It's not, mm. it's not necessarily about your best player. Well, I like the Wednesday club because I know <laughs> we do. We'll have a bit of fun in a bit because I've got a game coming up for us and we're our team of the week. But we can just get into a debate. And I enjoyed that. Well done, mm. well done gentlemen. Pat on the back for that. Uh, this yeah. is the Wednesday club. award winning, <laughs> like, like, like the I rest of the station. I, I hope so. <laughs> uh, we are uh, not uh, live in a minute. Ian will be out and about. Will I, you am be I am alive. I am alive. Barely. Barely, yeah. <laughs> Well, you're just not alive today, I'm Joe. Feeling rough as anything. Will you be doing vlogs at the minute this time? What time right we... now, I'm doing a vlog <laughs> while I'm speaking to you. <laughs> well, no, not. Do while you I'm... start your vlog here? Yeah, you normally do. You normally do a little 
this is excess, and then you 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 get on the tram, and then you're away. Those are to come. Those are to come, Joe. We are going to be speaking to our team of the week and doing the yellow card game, which is backed by popular demand. Also, just talking previewing the United and City game. Don't uh, forget to tell Alex about the phone. And the magic phone with no calls on because I didn't tweet the number. All that coming up. Still not giving it out. After this. Welcome back to the Wednesday Club on Excess Manchester. My name is Joe. I'm with Alex Borgman and Ian Cheeseman, uh, gentlemen. Hello. The final part of the show has been emotional. Don't message us because we are clearly not here. Well, we are here, but uh, we are pre-recording the show today. So we can all get to to watch the Champions League. Uh, Etihad Stadium will be busy. We've been giving big traffic warnings. Have you heard about these traffic warnings? Yeah. Make sure you... The weather's not going to be good. Either, oh yeah, it? tonight it should be really bad. The weather it's be chaos, but uh, enjoy it if you go in, wrap up warm, uh, get your brollies out. I've got something to show you, Alex. Okay, I'm gonna get it out. Okay, <laughs> wow, it's me. that's a lot smaller than that. I thought it would. No, it is small, isn't it? <laughs> Only costs three pound fifty as well. It's uh, the this- same color as the mushroom from a Nintendo. What's that that you've shown me? I can't actually ma- let me put my glasses on. <laughs> this is the Wednesday Club phone. Now, ah. it's a very uh, uh, nice piece of equipment. It's got FM, so you can actually listen to access on this phone, and it has a camera. 6.1 FM. Exactly. Only for £3.50. We want you to call it with uh, your rants or whatever you want to say, if you've got a question for me and Alex, and Ian, if you've got a, uh, if you've got a query, anything you want to put forward for the Wednesday Club, we have the Wednesday Club phone. Are you ready for the number? It rolls off the tongue. Okay. Oh seven five oh three. Oh seven five oh three. 436 436 153 153 0754 436 153 We're gonna Ian's calling it now. Oh, <laughs> is it ringing? That's, That's it. it. I just tried it. Is it ringing? Hello? Oh, I'm a spot. I was gonna leave a message. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. That's the whole point of them. <laughs> ringing it. Right, okay. So the whole, whole idea is you leave a message and then we'll play out all your messages uh, on the show. Uh, are you calling again? Shall I try again? No, 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 it's all right, it's all right. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, that's the Wednesday Club phone. We'll make sure we tweet that with a That'll number. be fun. I'm going to, f- like, when I finish when the you're gig drunk. at midnight <laughs> and I've had a couple of drinks, I'm going to phone it. And be like, Joe, I've got a few things to tell you. <laughs> Ian Cheeseman. Hey, what's it doing now? Is it calling? Yeah, I'm just calling yeah, it now. Put it on, put it on loudspeaker. One, five, three. Please leave a message after the tone. When you finish recording, please hang up or press the hash key for more options. What are you going to say? Hello, is that the Wednesday Club? I've got to say that Ian Cheeseman's brilliant. Oh, yeah. He'll be on everything. He's an award winner. He is on everything. That's my message, and please put that on air. Right. (laughs) Time for a game. It's the yellow card game. So, matches have been played, uh, and um, we're going to tell, ask who has received the most yellow cards uh, team-wise, because players haven't really got a chance to receive that many yellow cards. Very simple. I'm going to give you two teams, Alex. You're going to okay. tell me who has received more yellow cards. Okay. Manchester United. Or Liverpool. Uh, well, Ooh. a level of bias towards Liverpool from firstly the media and secondly the referees has <laughs> got to be United. You are correct. Of course it is. Everybody wants Liverpool to win it, apart from anyone in this postcode. <laughs> Ian Cheeseman. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> Burnley <laughs> or Watford? Ooh. Uh, are you talking only Premier League here? Yeah, only Premier League. Uh, 
No, Europa League <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, I think I'd still go for Burnley. We should go for Burnley. Unfortunately, Ian, wrong. That's Watford, second highest in the league. That's right. a, who's highest, Everton? Can't tell you. That's, yeah, okay. that's going to ruin it? the game, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> for you, Alex, Newcastle or Tottenham? Uh, well, it should be Tottenham, but again, I'm going to go with Newcastle. You are correct. Yeah, if you get a the big team, and Alex has got it worked got, out. Here, do you know he? what? Tottenham, he basically <laughs> stuck his finger in the brain of Firmino. Uh, for you, Ian, we're going to go with Brighton or Everton. Uh, right, given that Alex is very, very good at this, and so, he wondered if it was Everton, I'm going to go. Let for me tell Ever- you why before, before you make a decision. Yeah, yeah, go on. I've got two or three Everton players, and they're always Richarlison got sent off, and the others are always getting. So that was why I thought Everton. Yeah, for Everton. Yeah, yeah. No, you're wrong. Sorry, oh. I did try and warn you that. I didn't know <laughs> who it is. I'll give you bonus points. The joint right. So there's two people at the lowest. I've uh, got the least yellow cards. There's two teams, both are on four. Can you name them or take a guess? I've not said them yet. I've not. I've not. So no teams I've brought I've, up. I've, I've got a feeling City haven't had that many. Okay, City. Yeah. They don't give them out for diving City anymore. City is they, one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other one, let's say somebody like Huddersfield. Oh, know. no, it was Chelsea. Chelsea. So who do you think is at the top of the list? With 18, which is six more than Watford, who are below them. 18 yellow cards already. 18 yellows. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Unfortunately, uh, what are you thinking, Alex? West Ham. West Ham. Yeah. Yay! He's okay. swept aside by Come Mr. On. Borman. Come on. West Ham is correct, and we'll have another recap of the yellow card game in I don't about play that game again. two yeah. months' time when we've got more yellow cards to talk about. <laughs> so we've got about a couple of minutes left just to preview uh, the games uh, tonight. Leon uh, against Manchester City, just across the road from us. Um, the Etihad for you, Ian. He's got a group of players working quite well. At the minute, the Premier League, does Mares have a have a say in tonight's game? Uh, I can't see Mares playing tonight. I think he'll go for a strong, whatever he considers to be his strongest team, which I'm guessing at the moment doesn't include Mares. The The area of concern is at left full-back, uh, possibly by the time you're listening to this. Uh, no, you won't know the team. No, it's an yet. 8 o'clock kickoff, yeah. mm. So actually, it won't have been announced yet. But I, I, there's a little bit of a concern for me at left-back because Mendy's definitely out. There's rumours that uh, Fabian Delft might have an injury, so it could be Zinchenko going in there. The fact is, I think uh, French teams actually can be quite dangerous. Mm -hmm. I think they've got one or two players there that um, Alex and and, and Paul Lake yesterday was was naming and forming. I'm thinking, yeah, actually, I've got a couple of... But I expect City to win. Mm. Uh, Young boys, um, Manchester United, obviously a big game. Tough. It'll be tough, you know. They're way out on top of the Swiss League, which I know is not the best, but... Um, the only thing I read, this is not like superior knowledge, I, I just read it then in the break, that, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know a lot about young boys, which is, I've got to be very careful when you Google, <laughs> to be saying honest. that you know a lot about but, young boys. Um, <laughs> they have just had a big cup game at the weekend that went into extra time, so there's a chance they'll be tied, and they oh. apparently they've got a strong 11, but they're not great in depth. So you've been scouting them out, have you, Alex? Just in the last five minutes, <laughs> yes. Um, I think United should have enough, I think they'll just turn up, keep playing the way we're playing like a team, and it's great. Hopefully Luke Shaw will be back. Um, and Valencia's not travelled, so the maybe a debut for Diego Dalot, who I've yes. seen in the under twenty threes and he looks 
Board. What do you make about Mourinho kicking off about the 3D pitch? Suggesting well, that he might rest players so they don't get injured. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, pitch? yeah. yeah. This, it's, a, it's one of those. Well, it's not like you know, Boundary Park used to be thirty years ago or Luton. It's like um, one of those woven. So, but it's not. Supposedly, it's not that bad. But every time I watch a match on that, it's just not not quite nah. right, is it? Nah. Something not quite right. Don't enjoy it as much. Right, gentlemen, we've got to go. We've got to say our goodbyes. Um, let's talk then about what you think the score will be tonight. We're obviously not asking. Dean doesn't do predictions. Oh, Ian doesn't do predictions. Okay, I'll go. Firstly, Leon 6, City <laughs> nil, with four players sent off and match abandoned and then banned from Champions League. Uh, <laughs> United, will win. United will win 2-1 or 1-0. Sound. And then you've got Wolves on the weekend as well. Win that. Keep one. an eye on that. Yeah, win that 1-2. One, one is it United's first three o'clock kickoff? Uh, on a Saturday, yeah. I think he might Both be. playing at three o'clock. City then at Cardiff at oh, three o'clock. Cool. That's actually quite exciting, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you very much, gentlemen, for being on the show. Hopefully we get loads of calls on our Wednesday club phone. What's that number again? Um, oh God, <laughs> I'll read it got, to you because I've run it twice. Go on, go on, you read it out. Uh, the number is um, oh. Blimey, I need glasses. Right, <laughs> that's it. Oh, this yeah, is the worst ending to a Wednesday. 07503436153. 07503436153. You got anything you want to plug before we go? Any gigs coming up, Alex? Mm, not really. Just making sure that's not my wife's number we've just given out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Ian, go check out Ian's vlogs and Forever Blue as well. Uh, Alex, thank you very much. We'll be back next week. You with us next week, Alex? Yeah, yeah, I'm coming back. Smash it. Can't thank you very wait. much for listening. <laughs> It'd be the Wednesday Club. Jim Salveson is up next. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.